With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Instant Reaction Podcast. I'm John Miller, Iowa 30, Rutgers 0. And all week, I was a little concerned relative to Rutgers' ability to make plays on offense because I watched their game against UMass. I was very impressed with number one running back Isaiah Pacheco, uh, number two running back uh, Blackshear, um, Bo Melton, their receiver, number 18. They all made really big plays against UMass in that week one game. I thought uh, McLean Carter, their quarterback, threw a really pretty ball, but I did say that you know he was not getting pressured at all. So I thought Iowa would win, but I felt like I wouldn't want to play that 20-point line. Holy cow, Iowa's defense came out a house of fire. Fantastic Rutgers with just 125 total yards for the game just 41 passing yards they went for over 300 last week Uh, they did go for 84 rushing yards but I'd say 20 plus of that came maybe 30 plus of that came really really late when I was um, reserves were on the field Iowa's defense held Rutgers to just five first downs Rutgers was just two of 14 on third downs and they only ran 49 plays There were 13 Rutgers possessions in this game. And on nine of those 13 possessions, Rutgers ran three plays or less. That is dominant defense. Absolutely dominant. Is Rutgers a great team? No. May they win one or two games again this year? Yeah. Are they the worst team in the Big Ten? Probably so. This is just the second game of the season for Iowa. This is the earliest Big Ten game that Iowa has played. And historically under Kirk Ferentz, Iowa's offense takes some time to get going. I think oftentimes it's why the Iowa-Iowa State game is such a wild card because it's usually the second game for both teams. When I say usually, it's going to be the third game for Iowa this year. It will be the second game for Iowa State as they uh, have a bye this week. The only reason Iowa was held to 30 points was because Rutgers punter put forth one of the more amazing displays of punting I've ever seen. Um, Adam Corsack, let's at least give that guy a shout out. 10 punts, 476 yards worth of punts, an average of 47.6. Seven of his punts were down inside the Iowa 20. I think five of them were downed inside the Iowa 5. So Iowa was sort of handcuffed several times. Don't really have a full complement of your offense at that juncture. Otherwise, I think Iowa probably would have scored in the 40s, maybe even the 50s. As it were, they scored 30. They held Rutgers to nothing. Just an incredibly impressive game by the defense. You know, I I went through the Iowa-Miami game late on Friday night, play-by-play, focusing on Tyler Linderbaum every snap when the offense had the ball, and then focusing on A.J. Epinesa every time the defense had the ball. I only counted eight double teams 
um, of Miami on AJ Epinesa. It was less than I thought. There, Miami's left tackle's really good. That guy may have made himself some money with that game film. He did a really, really good job. But AJ looked, you could see him thinking, at least it's kind of how I felt it. You could see him thinking there, knowing that he had containment responsibilities. And he did a really good job in containment. I think he only lost containment on one snap that I saw. But in this game against Rutgers, AJ didn't look like he was thinking out there. It looked more like he was reacting to what he was reading. And that comes with time. And being someone who's on the field every snap, being a three-down defensive end is different than being a pass-rush specialist defensive end, which is what A.J. was by and large last year. He had one job and one job only, and that was go get the quarterback. And he had a lot of energy because he played fewer snaps than, say, a Parker Hesse. So being an every-down defensive end requires a number of different responsibilities. First and foremost is not rushing the passer. First and foremost is setting the edge on your side of the field to make sure the, that the ball does not get upfield beyond your outside shoulder more often than not, unless they sometimes have calls where a linebacker is going to take outside contain, and that frees the defensive end up to do some different things. But Iowa also moved A.J. Epinesa around a lot in this game. Kirk Ferentz was asked about this week and said that, yeah, we may move him around. And I think some people think that that means, oh, A.J. is going to line up over on the le- the left side uh, of, the, of the line. And that's not really it. Moving him around. Iowa does a lot of tackle twist game, a lot of defensive line twist games where, say, you know, A.J. is the right side defensive end and the right side defensive tackle. They run a twist where one of them goes outside, the other goes inside. It causes some confusion. Iowa up their ante on that this week. They looped A.J. all the way from the right side around up through the A-gap up the center of the field. They did that two or three times, and it was effective every time. A.J. got his first sack in this game. He had several... um, His presence was absolutely felt. Uh, Three total tackles, one sack, a tackle for loss, four quarterback hurries, and he also had a tip pass. Four hurries. That's a lot. That's a great game. And he also handled his containment responsibilities very well. Again, Rutgers running for just 84 yards in this game, and that that doesn't even begin to tell the tale of how dominant Iowa's defense was in this game. Time of possession, 37-38 to 22-22. Iowa plus three in turnovers. They got a turnover really late in garbage time, but Michael Ojemudia with two interceptions in this game. Really, the only bummer about this game was Geno Stone's injury late, which I wonder why he was in the game at that time frame. He was holding and favoring his left knee. He was walking around uh, in the post game, but that is, you know, they're already very, very thin back at safety. So that's a concern. Let's take a quick timeout here for a sponsor. We'll continue on the other side. Want to work part-time hours and make $14.50 an hour? Perishable Distributors of Iowa, PDI, a high V company, they're hiring immediately for their warehouse located in Ankeny. Part-time warehouse selectors build their own schedule. They offer year-round part-time employment working evenings and weekends. Starting wage of $14.50 per hour plus opportunities for incentives. Apply online today at contactpdi.com. If you like a flexible schedule, 
being physically active and a fast-paced environment where you're rewarded for the hard work you do, this is the job for you. Apply today at contactpdi.com. So Iowa gets the shutout. Matt Weitzel of the Iowa Sports Information Department tweeted out that is three shutouts for Iowa in its last seven uh, Big Ten games. Chad Leistikow of the Des Moines Register tweeted that Rutgers' 41 passing yards are the second fewest allowed in the Kirk Ferentz era. Uh, The lowest number was the Orange Bowl. Some pretty dang impressive numbers there. You know, when I mentioned Rutgers' uh, punter earlier, Let's talk about Iowa's punter, Michael Sleep Dalton. And I, I kind of view punter as an extension of the defense. He's the defense's best friend. It's really the first defensive play that a defense will have when it takes the field on a change of possession. Because we're talking about field possession here. Michael Sleep Dalton's six punts, an average of 48.3. 350 plus yard punts and those were punts that were traveling that distance in the air it's the first time Iowa's had a leg like that in quite some time and he also down two inside the 20 so 48.3 yard average for sleep Dalton the better average than the Purdue punter Uh, just a fantastic day and um, Keith Duncan staying on special teams here Uh, he was good from 46 yards from 19 yards and from 43 yards Again, just a a very encouraging game overall all around for Iowa. Defense and special teams. We uh, We just spent most of the start of this game on those topics. Now, let's move over to Iowa's offense. Nate Stanley, 16 of 28 for 236 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, and basically a little over three quarters of work. Now, that 16 for 28 is a sub-60% completion percentage, but Iowa did so much attacking in this game, and really the first two games they have, attacking on the edges outside with receivers, taking shots downfield, running a number of fades. That's actually an offensive coordinator who has a high degree of confidence on Nate Stanley's touch on those particular their throws did Stanley miss a a deep ball touchdown yes he did but the touch that he threw uh, on the ball to Amir Smith-Marset, Iowa's first touchdown of the game, it was a 58-yarder. It might have been his best pass as a Hawkeye. Hit Amir, Smart, Amir Smith-Marset in stride, and ISM had his guy already beaten by three or four yards. And if you hit him stride and he has is, is ahead of somebody by three or four yards, it's house time. And that's what it was in that particular play. Uh, so, yeah, Stanley's percentage is going to be down in this game and while he wasn't perfect he can't expect him to be perfect he played a really good game he played a really good game a number of his throw there were three uh shots that he took that drew pass interference penalties and there could have been at least two more that could have drawn pass interference penalties again stanley spreading it out eight different receiving targets caught passes for iowa no tight ends make a catch in this game might be the first time in a long time that no tight ends caught a pass for Iowa in game, but it's also the first time in a long time where Iowa had 20 or more targets to its wide receivers. Amir Smith-Marset with five, uh, Tracy with four, Nico Regani with six, so that's 15, Brandon Smith with seven, that's 22, Oliver Martin with three, that's 25 targets to the wide receivers. Don't know when the last time Iowa had 25 targets to the wide receivers, and don't know, and they had 21 last week. That's 46 in two games. I mean, maybe that's happened in the Ferentz era, but I can't remember it. So, Iowa has a very healthy, 
capable, and dare I say, good wide receiver core this year. It's the strength of the team, and they're going to them. Good game from Nate Stanley. Stanley surpasses Ricky Stanzi now. I'm going to read some tweets from uh, Hawkeye Football's Twitter account. Um, there's several here. Nate Stanley threw three touchdowns a day to raise his career total to 58, past Ricky Stanzi for third in Iowa history. Only Chuck Long with 74 and Drew Tate with 61 have more career passing touchdowns than Stanley. So Long has 74, Stanley has 58. So Stanley's 16 away from Long. And if he passes Long, he's top three all time, top three or top four rather all time in Big Ten history in touchdown passes. That's not bad. Stanley Stone at least one touchdown in seven straight games, the longest streak of his career. 16 career multi-touchdowns games. He has 10 career games with at least three patching touchdowns. Only Chuck Long has more in program history with 11. That's another very nice statistic right there. Uh, 236 passing yards for Stanley pushes him past James Vandenberg on the career list for seventh all-time. Amir Smith-Marset, it was his first 100-yard receiving game uh, in this one. Iowa's 125 total yards allowed is the fourth lowest in the Ferentz era. Iowa had eight quarterback hurries today, as I mentioned, four by A.J. Epinesa. I mean, good grief. It just, what a game. I mean, 30 to nothing for most people against Rutgers. Maybe you're not satisfied with that. But that was a as one of the more dominant performances of the Kirk Ferentz era, and it came in a Big Ten game. One more commercial break, and we'll finish things up. Hey, Hawkeye Nation, right now at Flooring America, save store-wide on beautiful, long-lasting floors like high-performance, resistive carpets and waterproof luxury vinyl. Plus, buy with 36 months, interest-free financing now at Flooring America in Clive, Ankeny, and Mason City. So Iowa's offense, 438 yards, back-to-back games to start the season, over 400 for Iowa, 244 total passing, 194 total rushing. You're going to be hard-pressed to find many Iowa seasons where they started out um, in their first two games with that much balance in both passing and rushing in both games. Uh, 23 first downs for Iowa to five for Rutgers. Iowa was also just two of 13 on third downs. They were two of three on fourth down, but two of three on third downs. Now, several of those came late, but, I mean, that's – that's not great. 73 total plays, six yards of play for Iowa. Um, actually, also Stanley on his 16 of 28 talked about how, you know, that percentage is less than 60. I think he averaged 8.4 yards per passing attempt, and he averaged over eight last week, too. And over eight's a very good number, and it's a great number for Iowa relative to their history. Iowa perfect in the red zone, three of three. I think they are either eight of eight or nine of nine thus far this season on the red zone. No turnovers. Stanley was sacked just one time uh, in this game. I'm going here and look at some other superlatives and comparisons here, stats that jump out at me. Iowa ran 33 first down plays. They gained an average of six yards per play. On first down, they averaged 5.1 rushing yards per play on first down, 6 of 10 for 80 yards passing on first downs. It was also Iowa's first shutout in a Big Ten opener since 1981, which is, of my lifetime, the gold standard for Iowa defense. Now this shapes things up for a very exciting week next week in Ames. ESPN game day very well could be 
in Ames next week. Syracuse Clemson looked like it had a chance, but Maryland absolutely boat raced Syracuse. Just crushed them. Going to pull up the score here. Uh, Maryland won that game 63 to 20. So game day's not going to that one. And let me go over here and look at the schedule real, real quick uh, and analyze some of these other games. Week three games. Of obviously going to look at ranked teams here. Ohio State, Indiana. That's not going to happen. Pittsburgh, Penn State. Eh, maybe, but I, I don't. I don't think so. Notre Dame, New Mexico, no. Alabama, South Carolina, no. Stanford. Stanford against Central Florida at Central Florida. I think they've been to Central Florida last year, so I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, Iowa against Iowa State looks to be the only matchup of ranked teams. Arizona State at Michigan State, no. Idaho State at Utah, no. Kent State, Auburn. Florida at Kentucky, no. So the only other matchup of ranked teams, teams that were ranked starting this week was Iowa, Iowa State, and then Clemson against Syracuse. And that's not going to happen. They're not going to do Oklahoma at UCLA. They're not going to do Texas at Rice. They're not probably they're not going to do Northern Illinois at Nebraska, Portland State, Boise State, or Montana at Ohio State. I think it's Iowa, Iowa State next week, ESPN game day in Ames, and it may be the most amazing, raucous, crazy environment that an Iowa Iowa State game has ever had. And as Dace and I have talked about a lot, he and I did a sort of ESPN game day show from Ames back in 2005. And there were several thousand people around the stage we were on. It was one of the most exciting, nervous, exciting broadcasts I've ever that I ever did in my career. The only other one being Jim Delaney standing off camera while I was doing a live TV show to millions of people when the Big Ten announced its divisions back in 2010. That was sweat through your suit type of uh, nervousness. But the feel around that Iowa-Iowa State broadcast stage in 2005 was, I mean, if it was a drug, I would, you know, I would be addicted to it and I would not be able to recover from that. It was incredible, the energy. The ESPN obviously would dwarf that, would dwarf it it will be so incredible. Is Iowa State ready for a moment like that? Um, they don't. They they've yet to exhibit playmakers to fill the role for David Montgomery and for their very talented receiver Hakeem Butler. They they don't have those two. So I don't know. Their defense is really good. It's going to be a fantastic game next week. It might take the cake as the biggest buildup for any Cyhawk game ever. If ESPN game day is there, it will be. It absolutely will be. If Iowa can get through, if Iowa can get a win anyhow, anyway next week, they've got my attention. And when I say that, I mean I picked Wisconsin to win the division before the season. But then again, I picked a four-way tie of six and three, six and three, six and three between Iowa, Wisconsin, Nebraska, and Minnesota. Iowa wins that game in Ames against a ranked opponent and starting out 3-0. And with the way the offensive has looked thus far and the way the defense, the defensive line has come together, they'll have my attention. And I think that they'll have the attention of other people around the country because then Iowa gets a bye, Middle Tennessee State, and then they go into a very continuation of a very arduous road schedule the rest of the way but we'll have a lot of time to talk about that game this week and that'll do it 
We'll talk to you soon.